0: The Great White Shark, The Nature of the Hunter Written and read by Chris Fellows Silently the great fish stalks in its watery world, all its senses on high alert to the fact that less than 30 foot above it, a young seal forges its way home. Gliding camouflaged through an underwater canyon, the shark knows that when the time is right, it will need lightning-like speed and uncompromised focus to catch its wily adversary. At a juncture of two canyons the shark is guided closer to the surface and so unwittingly is forced to play its cards. With two swipes of its massive crescent-shaped tail the super predator is rocketing upwards towards the surface at full speed, closing the gap on its quarry in seconds. Inches before contact the young seal senses the shark's approach and blasts itself sideways at what appears to be an impossible angle. To counteract the seal's change in direction, The shark flexes its sail-like dorsal fin sideways but this is not enough as the tremendous speed sends the shark careering out of the water in a shimmering chalice of spray. Alert to the obvious danger, the seal begins its counter-predatory defense and the shark must now attempt to catch its prey without the element of surprise. The battle has begun. Natural predation is what sets Seal Island, False Bay, South Africa, apart from any other great white shark location worldwide and is what makes this little island the site of one of the world's most incredible battles between predator and prey alike. Since 1997, our team has witnessed over 5,200 predatory events with just over 50% being successful hunts. The fact that this occurs no more than 30 kilometers away from the centre of the city of Cape Town, a city with 3 million inhabitants and many water users, makes this scenario even more amazing. While statistics and science give reason and explanations as to why sharks may hunt in the manner that they do, seeing the contest play out before your very own eyes is surely the greatest textbook you can learn from. The whole scenario of hunter and hunted is intriguing as each tries to outwit, outmaneuver and outlast the other in a giant sized cat and mouse battle. The David and Goliath battles between the huge sharks and agile seals have taught me so much about life, and how incredibly tough and unforgiving nature can be. Yet sadly, many who witness these events with us don't see past the thrill of seeing a shark killing a seal. Some even have a bloodlust wanting to see the seals die, completely ignoring the incredible fight for life at hand. To put the predation into perspective, young seals are typically only 8-9 to months old when they need to go out and fend for themselves for the first time. Up until this point they have been suckling on fat rich milk and have only ever swum in the water directly next to the island, when playing with their fellow pups. From June to July each year they begin going out to fend for themselves, only supplementing their catch with their mother's milk if they return. They weigh only about twenty kilograms and now suddenly need to travel more than thirty kilometres per day to find a meal which is elusive to catch. Each and every time they come home they need to cross a minefield of highly evolved sharks capable of weighing upwards of a hundred times their weight. These sharks are perfectly camouflaged and move faster than the seals do. The sharks also do not need to surface in order to breathe and can thus stalk from deep. You would think it to be a no contest scenario, yet in around 50% of all attacks the young seals escape. They do this by assessing the problem and dealing with it by remaining calm, letting instinct drive every turn and move. In the event of the seals dodging the initial strike, rather than a panic-stricken race to get back to the island, they try to get as close to the pursuer as possible. They then jostle, jump and dive in incredibly athletic maneuvers, all the time trying to tire out the shark and keep a constant eye on the shark's movement in very turbulent water. The young seals somehow seem to be able to get themselves out of impossible situations, And even seem to climb out of the sharks mouths on occasions. If they are successful in evading the initial attacker they then continue on their way, often having to dodge multiple times before having the opportunity to negotiate a safe way in through the pounding surf onto the island. When on the island they must then negotiate a safe path through other seals territories and only once they have accomplished that can they rest with their mothers. Come sun, rain or gale, they must do this every time they need to feed and hopefully at the end of this they'll still find food. Each year we witness many tear-jerking events as we love both shark and seal, having over the years become embroiled in both their respective worlds. One of the more memorable chases occurred on the 19th of June 2004. A single young of the year seal was on its way back to the island, covering the last 200 metres blissfully unaware of the impending battle that lay ahead. Up until that point on this particular morning we had seen little action, with most seals getting safely back to Seal Island. We watched as the little seal porpoised with a comfortable regularity and ease. At 7.59 the tranquillity was shattered as the little seal gymnastically almost blew itself backwards out of the water, as inches away a 3.3 metre white shark blasted up through the still expanding ripple the young seal had left. The shark then immediately lined up the seal and breached again, this time missing the seal by a good two feet. For eight minutes, shark and seal danced, with this amazing dexterous seal never losing sight of its formidable quarry. Eventually the frustrated shark finally gave up and dived back to its hunting zone as the little seal continued anxiously on its way home. The commotion had obviously attracted another shark, as at 8.09, with the seal now only 150 metres from the island, another shark attacked. The indomitable seal was forced to once again sidestep a a 3.5 metre shark as it tried to catch this wily little pinniped. After only three lunges, the shark also decided it was wasting too much energy and disappeared to the depths from which it came. This last attempt on the seal's life had forced it to alter course, and now rather than being closer... It was a further two hundred metres from the island. At eight eleven, now three hundred fifty metres south of the southern end of the island, a third shark, also around three and a half metres, attacked the seal. This shark, like the first, was very determined, and with great lateral lunges of its tail, sent spray careering into the air as it launched itself after the seal. Once again, the battle twisted and turned, with the shark sometimes getting closer only to have the seal use its agility and tremendous composure to outmaneuver and outwit its hungry attacker at the very last moment. Time after time the great shark would lunge, mouth gaping wide open as the little seal would narrowly miss the glistening razors. As the spray subsided each time the tiny seal would be missing and our hearts would sink, feeling sorry that after such a brave fight the seal had been eaten. Our fears were however relieved when the little black head or flippers would appear a few meters away bobbing and weaving whilst constantly watching for the next attack. Often it would just be his flippers above the water whilst he watched head down to see what direction the next onslaught would come from. Eventually the shark dived and the seal, now obviously fatigued, headed back to the island 350 meters away. As it swam we could almost sense the inevitable. This little guy's antics had no doubt caught to battle yet more sharks that would have heard the struggling, and we awaited the coup de grace. Now only 200 metres out, with the surf of the launch pad visible from water level, the little seal forged with a determined effort, hoping to be able to get within diving range, meaning it no longer needed to break the surface of the water, and could dive to the bottom for the last stretch of the island, making it harder for the shark to locate it. With fear etched on its face, the little seal made one last jump and then vanished. For 30 seconds we waited, then 40, then 50. Was the little seal predation number P1086? After what felt like an eternity, 10 meters before the launch pad, the little matador surfaced. Alive but tired, with one heck of a story to tell his furry mates, I mention this one account as this particular seal had remained so composed during all of the attacks, almost practicing for the day he might meet the ultimate great white hunter, the 12 foot long black white black who never seemed to miss. It is also a great example to anyone of the values of remaining cool under pressure. Over the years we had seen many such chases, not all with the happy outcome for the seal. We saw a seal that after 4 successful evasions of attack from 4 different sharks, fell victim to a fifth shock only fifteen meters from the island. The slick on the surface and gathering of raucous gulls was all that remained of the titanic battle to survive that had transpired only seconds before. Those were the sad moments where the brutality and harshness of nature were condensed into a few fleeting seconds of life and death, the very essence of the ring of peril around Seal Island. When, as an observer, you yourself become the eyes for the hunted, it was always very hard not to become emotionally involved in what was happening around you. As a field note, I recorded on the 11th of June, 2004 shows. 07.33 in the morning, we're watching two incoming young seals on a flat, calm day, playfully sniffing each other as they porpoise along, like the best of friends. Unknowingly, they do this right over one of the most dangerous areas around the island where another of their kind had perished only a few moments before. I silently pray that they make it back. There is a tremendous relief as they make their final dive for home. The amount of emotion that we have each day at Seal Island is incredible. So many highs and so many lows, and extremes of both. As with the composed seals, there are some sharks that are just really successful hunters and seem to have their own strategies and are particularly determined, often expending huge amounts of energy. These super determined sharks were however usually rewarded with a kill for their efforts and like great athletes knew that persistence, composure and focus bore dividends. Black White Black was one such shark, he was relentless and any seal that fell within his sights was surely a goner. He would in most instances kill with the first strike but if he missed he would instantly realign himself and determinedly attack in ever tightening turns until in many cases the seal would jump straight up into the air and then disappear into the waiting mouth below. I can't ever remember seeing a seal elude black-white-black, but then as he was my favourite shark perhaps I forgot about rare blemishes on an otherwise perfect scorecard. During periods of high shark density, typically June to August, up to 45 predatory events have been witnessed in a single morning, when all the hunting conditions come together. To put that into perspective, the world's next best predatory location, the Farallon Islands off California, may witness slightly more than 40 events in a season. It is not surprising then, that from our daily activity point of view, the most sensitive of the activities we work with is undoubtedly the natural predation. It is also the aspect of shark behavior that my wife Monique and I specialize in. Thus we try at all times to avoid placing ourselves in situations that may alter the outcome of any event in favor of either predator or prey alike. Simple things like keeping the boat hidden into the wind for better control, never blocking the seal's escape paths or access to the island, keeping a respectful distance from the interaction and never engaging the engines if a shark or seal does end up under the boat are just a few of the precautions we take. To be able to witness the incredible battles between shark and seal has been a great privilege and hopefully through the photographs and documentaries we have been involved in we have at least in some way been able to share these moments. In part two I'll share with you the most incredible spectacle we have ever witnessed that of at least 28 different great whites eating two-thirds of a 40-foot long whale in just 18 hours. The story the banquet, and all sharks are invited. Thank you for downloading this recording. Copies are available at greatguides.org. Please do not duplicate this recording. All rights are reserved, and it was recorded in Cape Town 2010.